Welcome back, We're everyone, back. <laughs> to another episode of Becoming a Doctor, a podcast where two third-year medical That's students, us, Santana and I, us two, the two people talking, uh, we discuss the only thing that we ever talk about, which is medical, medical school. school. Medical students talking about medical school. Very cliche. Yeah. But so far, it's been a great podcast. I've <laughs> loved every episode. Um, I'm your host. Santana Sanchez. And I'm the co-host, Kevin Gale. Kevin J. Gale. Uh, check out the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, at becomingadoctorpod.com. It's one of the best websites out there, becomingadoctorpod.com. Yeah, check it out. Rolls there's, off the tongue. There's an About Us page. Yep, check us uh, out. Uh, oh, and on Twitter, at becomingadocpod. That's twitter.com. Uh, then do at sign. You guys yep. know how Twitter works. Yep. At becoming a doc pod. All one word. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. We're blowing up, dude. Yeah, slide into the DMs. That's where we're going to mailbag questions. Pop in the DMs. Right hit in us the DMs up. from now on. Uh, okay. Is that well, our intro? Yeah, that's the intro. Let's hit it. Theme song time. Say, kid. What do you want to be when you grow up? God, so good. That's so good. Pow! Say, kid, what do you want to be? What do you want to be when you grow up? Say, 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 What do you want when you grow up? So good. You know Disney... Uh, Released that you know the uh, WandaVision song. What? Yeah, they 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 WandaVision the worst show ever. They did they released the the WandaVision song. What song? Agatha all along or whatever. Oh, and people were roasting Disney that we should release this song. We will. I'm gonna put this on the website tonight and let people download the MP3 for their own <laughs> for their own daily interactions. Uh, I love that idea. <laughs> I love it. Okay, theme song over. Theme what's, song over. Always what's on a banger. the agenda today? First, we wanted to give a quick shout out to some of our peers who just published a paper. Oh my gosh. Are you talking about Corinne Praska? Friend of the pod. Victoria Charpentier. Not friend of the pod. <laughs> Rachel Gottlieb. Friend of the pod. Yeah, they. it was literally yesterday. Literally. They um, got published in some pediatric journal. Um, yep, yep. I think it has like an impact factor of one. I don't know if that's good or bad. I couldn't tell you. But it's about um, medical terminology. Jargon. Medical jargon, even better. Overuse of jargon, right? Yeah. So I'll give a quick summary of it. I'm so proud of them. I am so proud of them. It's very exciting. Is this our first segment? Giving, giving them a shout out? Yeah. I love this segment. Okay, so we were required to do a longitudinal project during the first year and a half of our medical school education. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this. I know some peers who did... Not a not a lick of work for their project. <laughs> the full spectrum. I was on like the medium amount of work. Medium. I was in the mid range as well. Mid range as well. Um, but there also were some peers who took it very seriously, mm-hmm. such mm-hmm. as Rachel Gottlieb, Victoria Charpentier, Corinne Praska, friends of the pod. They followed pediatricians on morning rounds. Mm-hmm. So when the when the pediatricians are explaining. The, the daily plan to the kiddos and their parents. Yep. And so, they tracked how much how much medical jargon was used during in each interaction. Right. Like, 
thoracic, for <laughs> yeah. example. Nobody, kids and parents don't know what thoracic means. Nobody knows. I still don't know. I've tried to explain <laughs> it, but it's not important. Yeah, so um, they kind of tabulated how many times each one uh, mm-hmm. they were used. And I don't remember the data. I don't have the paper in front of me. Yeah. But it was a couple times every, like, in a 10-minute interaction, basically. Yeah, yeah. I think it was an average of four. Four jargon phrases. Yep. Per talk and that were... And the majority of them were not explained. Yeah, they I think like, it was like seventy five percent weren't yeah. explained. It was like they would be like, uh, "Oh, we're going to put this kid on NPO today." Yeah, and then they'd be like, "Uh, parents obviously are just not along. Yeah. Kiddos not along. Not along the whole time." And that's never explained what that means. But I mean, the goal, right? If we for us as future providers, yes, you want zero percent unexplained medical jargon. Exactly. Right. I mean. Yeah, you want your patients to understand what you're telling them. Fully understand. 100% of the time. <laughs> Not only... 0% jargon unexplained, 100% understanding. Boom, boom, boom. So, shout out to those three. Tori, come on the pod, please. Yeah, Tori, we want you as a guest. Please. Please. You've been holding out on us for months. <laughs> We've been calling up, emailing Tori, just no responses. Ghosted. She's too cool for the pod, I think. I hope not. Um, But I'm also proud of them because... like. This could have an impact. Mm-hmm. What would be ideal is if pediatricians start referencing this. Like, hey, we have to do a better job. Look yeah. at this paper that's out. Yeah. Some concrete data, data. showing yep. that we're just not very good at it. Yep. And room we, to improve. We should practice, you and I, like personally, you know, explaining to patients. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. I, think I keep it in mind, but because I also feel like. I don't know anything I'm talking about. I might as well explain it <laughs> as best as I can. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, and it's tricky for medical students because you're kind of trying to, you know, uh, act like you know, act like you know what's going on. Sound oh, sure. professional, sure. so it's tempting to, you know, drop some of those high level words. <laughs> Boom, well, thoracic. For, for us, we want to. When we're talking to the residents or oh, yeah. other preceptors, we want to be dropping those words. Exactly. Like we're like, oh, I know what's up. Right. Thoracic. Thoracic. <laughs> but so we have to play both games, right? When mm-hmm. we're talking to the peers, play the I'm a know-it-all. Right. <laughs> Classic. A gunner. Talking to the patients, do, do the completely opposite. Exactly. Precisely. I'm so glad you brought this up. Yesterday, they got published. Google it. Sharpentier, Praska, Gottlieb article. Yes. So proud of them. What a trio. Especially compared to us. Like my project, I don't know. I'm not even going to get into yeah, it. Yeah, we don't. Mm, I we put don't some to. work into it, but I definitely didn't get a publication. That's for sure. No, it's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, okay. Well, let's just keep this uh, shout out train rolling. Shout out train rolling. Shout out our boy, Chuck Levin. Chuck Levin. Wow, wow, wow. He's very nice. What's very nice about Chuck Levin is that they have Chuck Levin's <laughs> Washington Music Center in D.C. He is the genius who provided us this podcast. Uh, one of the reasons I can drop a great success <laughs> Borat clips is because of Chuck Levin's Washington Music Center. What a guy. Shout out. Yeah, give him your business if you're looking to get into podcasting. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Next segment. One more shout out. Oh, what's another shout out? Shout out to, you know who it is. Bubbly. The nectar of the gods. (laughs) That should be the commercial. Mm. (sighs) Sometimes I'm just so parched and nothing can quench it. Like the nectar of the gods, bubbly. Mm, 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 What mm, flavor mm. are you drinking today? Lime. 
duh. The best one. 10 out of 10 bubblies, for sure. Yeah, last week we were in Roch. They had some whack. They had some Sparkling whack. water yeah, down not, there. It was not good. Don't tell them. Well, I, I could barely choke it down. <laughs> but I was being a polite guest. Yeah, so I was yeah, telling yeah. them it was good. You're very polite. <laughs> Just, ugh. I'm glad we're back in the HQ, the headquarters. Yeah, back on Becoming a Dr. Turf. Pod. They just need to get some taste, you know? They're young. Yep. Anyways, we're back on the bubbly train. Mm. All right, what's the next segment? All right, let me take a gander. Well, we got our guest coming up in a few minutes here. Yep. And and we'll tease. The guest is one <sighs> of a kind, one of the best. So if we if he pops on, we'll have to just jump right to that guest segment. Uh, Yeah, no, no doubt. I guess next we can talk about... Um, uh, I wanted... To, I don't know exactly how to... I wanted to talk about... Uh, sleep schedules. We've talked about it a little bit. Yes. Yep. But we we're we're both in emergency medicine right now, and yep. we both have a couple of overnights. I have two overnights tonight, tomorrow night, and so that means that I'm working starting at 11 p.m. until 8 a.m. approximately. Yep. So my sleep schedule is about to get all out of whack. It's about to get effed, no doubt about it. And I had a similar experience in peds, and I just felt horrible. Right, where you only had three days. Three days, three nights in a row. And this time it's just two nights in a row. It's just two. So maybe it'll be better. Uh, but I like nerd. this. Sleep schedule. <laughs> Start. I love this. Uh, so what's your plan? So here's a plan. We've been talking about it all day. Yep. Uh... <laughs> Right after we're done recording, I'm going to bed. Okay. In it's 12.53 p.m. <laughs> so we'll be done. And you're getting in bed by 1.30 p.m. at the latest. Yeah. Okay. Ex- exactly. Uh, but before that, so previously for peas, I like tried, what did I do? Oh, I tried to work out really hard before, which kind of had the opposite effect. So I'm going to skip that. Okay. Working out overrated. Yeah, for always. Uh, I'm going to eat a ton of carbs. I'm going to eat like a box of macaroni. Like right my, now? Right after this for lunch. <laughs> slash midnight snack i don't know it's confusing <laughs> also just popped a benny kevin ben- put me onto these <laughs> benadryl uh so that should be kicking in any minute here i'm just gonna conk out mid sentence probably so you're uh this is the new plan yeah don't work out don't work out. take a benadryl an yes. hour before eat a bunch of carbs yeah that'll and, and then jump into bed jump into bed close all the blinds my room gets really dark these days so oh, that's awesome nice. awesome and then you know Pray to <laughs> the sleep gods. Morpheus? Is that the is sleep Is that gods? it? You're the Jeopardy champ over that would be, here. Uh, Alex, what is Morpheus? <laughs> That'd be my guess. Yeah, hopefully. And hopefully it works out for me. And I'm well rested and able to function at 4 a.m. Yeah. And when you wake up, what are you going to use? The happy light. The happy light. Put that off to the side. Get some light right into my eyeballs. Yep. I, I mean, mean, listen, I got, I got to get some good content about... Uh, sleep schedules because as I talked about two weeks ago, I was going to start an SSRI. Oh. So I was started on sertraline. I've heard of it. And 10% of the time, pa- patients have a side effect of insomnia. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and Brutal. Um, unfortunately for your boy, Kevin... I'm in that 10%. The 10%. I sincerely haven't had any other side effects. So, I mean, that's a, a positive. That's a, Yeah, that's great. But I could not sleep for the first week at mm-hmm. all. I was screwed. And so my sleep <laughs> schedule is out of whack. I was drained. Mm-hmm. I write the MD, my psychiatrist. What should I do? I'm losing it. <laughs> <laughs> Dear doctor. And she said, take more drugs. 
uh, literally, I mean, like Classic in a nicer MD. way. She said, start taking melatonin or Benadryl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now I'm on the Benadryl train. Yeah. Kevin's popping a Benny a night. I am. An hour before I go to bed, I pop a Benadryl. Yeah. And it's worked. It's helped me sleep. I'm so glad. I mean, it's a pretty common uh, remedy. Yeah, for... it is a common. I told you this early, but I'll repeat it. Um, after my mom died in 2017, my dad was having a tough time sleeping. Mm. And he just figured out himself, like, just start taking Benadryl. I guess it's an old an old secret. Wow. <laughs> and he said to me, he said he took Benadryl for a, a year almost after my mom wow. died. Um, which I, he didn't tell me that until I talked about, you know, I'm trying this Benadryl now. Dang. We have a friend whose uh, mom died during med school, and she mm-hmm. was taking Benadryl. Wow. We have another friend of the pod, Tom Sorensen, the gunner. Tommy. He was so stressed during step one studying, he said he popped Benadryl like candy during step <laughs> one studying. Oh, my God. That's what, that's what he said? Yeah. Well, I'm paraphrasing. Okay. <laughs> uh, he okay. said something like that. Lies! <laughs> Deceptions! Oh, boy. Um, but it's a thing. People, and, and it's working for me. So to answer, what are we going to do for the next two days while we're both on nights for emergency medicine? Bennies. Am I going to take a Benny twice a day? I don't know. Am I going to well, take... It's only to sleep. How much, How often are you going to be sleeping? Well, I have to sleep tonight. Okay. And then I'm on nights tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. So should I take a Benny tonight for my regular sleep and then a Benny in the a.m. for my day <laughs> sleep? And then a this Benny was the position that I was in last <laughs> night. I was like, what do I do? Should I do anything special to yeah. try to stay up, yeah. sleep more? I don't know. I think you'll probably be fine okay. either way. I'd say the solution, the more Bennies, the better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Watch out for those side effects. I like that you've planned it out. You're going to try some new things. Try the carbs. I try gotta, one Benadryl. Try to get a nap today. Yeah. Also... Uh, disclaimer, this is not medical advice. We're not uh, licensed. Not licensed physicians. This is a parody. A parody podcast. Yeah, do not uh, start taking Benadryl to sleep. Don't do it. Unless unless your doctor tells you to. Exactly. Which Kevin's doctor did tell him to. Yep. So I'm in good shape. Uh Oh. And we're going to jump into the guest. It's Dustin Williams. Is uh, I think he just joined our Zoom. Uh it's a- there he is. Dustin, can you hear us? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, yes indeed. Very professional recording equipment. Is it okay if we don't use videos? We're on Zoom because, um, sure. okay, you're going to hear our audio, but we both have great voices. Nice to meet you, Dustin. I'm Kevin Gale, the third-year medical student. And I'm Santana Sanchez, also a third-year. Nice to meet you guys. So, uh, Dustin, I reached out to you on Twitter, blew you up out of the out of the blue, and said... Hey, we started a silly podcast. There are one and a half listeners. It's me sometimes in Santana. But will you <laughs> join us? Because you are our medical school hero, kind of. And kind of. <laughs> medium. Med school famous. Med school famous. Yeah, absolutely. But you were so kind. You you responded, oh, you got to start somewhere. I'd love to hop on. And here you are. Yeah. Ta-da. <laughs> so give us the intro. Give us the Dustin Williams, you know, uh, two, three minute intro where did you go to undergrad? Where did you go to med school? You know, how you oh, yeah. got here? Um, so I did uh, undergrad at Yale. I was a paramedic uh, in New Haven and Hartford for two years. It's also in Connecticut. Um, joined med school, uh, post-Katrina New Orleans, uh, Tulane. Stayed as a ret internal medicine resident at Tulane and then stayed as faculty. Only I um, helped open the satellite campus in Baton Rouge General. 
a brand new residency had just opened there and their first class had graduated with a zero percent board pass rate and the oh um, no yeah. how many students and then there was there? a really cool program that was supposed to integrate medical school with like government um the lead program there was a satellite campus for Tulane medical students and I was the clerkship director there the lead failed and then um American um University of the Caribbean started sending their kids in so I continued being a clerkship director I was the APD and internal medicine residency program de facto. I never actually wanted the title because I didn't want to do schedules and I ended up doing schedules anyway, even though I didn't have the title. And um, I grew the, that residency program from 24 to 36, and that, which is a big deal because you know, get adding spots is hard to do. And then um, after a couple of years, I decided uh, I was going to jump ship, resign from my post. I was offered a program manager position, internal medicine, 100 residents. That's a really cool thing. Um, they were starting, they were a DO program coming over to ACGME, and um, they decided I can impact more people by quitting and coming here to online med ed full time. Wow. Uh, in 2020. So you don't you don't do any more internal medicine rotations or a hospital. It's all it's 100% online med ed. In order to get done what I, what I we got done, I, ha, I had to, like, you know, I was 26 weeks on, uh, 26 weeks a year, seven days on hospital, seven days on right. me, and uh, those I needed those seven days that I was in the hospital. So I'm, I'm actually, I, I tried to um, help people start up some, like, telemedicine stuff. I still have my license, still board certified. I just... I don't, I don't have the time to take care of people anymore. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm thankful for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you quit. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> well, the stuff you're using now, that's embarrassing, right? Like this is the that, you know, basic science is I thought it was going to take me seven months and it took me four years. So I am just now starting the clinical refresh. So the clinical stuff is still good, but it, you know, I, I have matured as an educator and I know a lot more shit now as I went through the basic sciences in four years. <laughs> Have you upgraded your outfits in the past four years too? You know, where you're like, oh, I can't believe I wore that shirt that first <laughs> lecture. <laughs> well, so I, I actually have like no sense of style or fashion. And so I order from a catalog from um, a company called Paul Frederick. And every once in a while, they'll have like the rose colored page. You can buy four shirts and four ties that always go together. Oh. And then and you actually have like the magazine that goes with it. So <laughs> I did not know about them during the, those for those first videos. And so, yes, every year I get like four or eight shirt tie shirt combos uh, for the new videos. Perfect. We'll send you a Paul Frederick shirt as a thank you for joining <laughs> Shirt tie. Wait, wait till December. They go on, they go on sale. Take them off. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> um, can we back up? I didn't know. So you before. You were a non-traditional, as in you went did undergrad, and then you did two years of um, EMT. Is that what you said? Paramedic, yeah. Um, is EMTP was the plan always to go to med school, or was, yes. was that going to be? A, oh, it was. I, I majored in partying at Yale and bartending. <laughs> oh, so I had a, I, you know, the first time I took my MCAT then it was in the thirties. You know, like I got like like a thirty. And I had like a three three, so I you know took some classes uh, in the summer and got A's, and then retook the MCAT to to get in. I tried to get in three times, couldn't get in. Almost went to Ross, <clears throat> they took me, but then I was like, ah, one more time. I was trying to get into UConn because I was from Connecticut, so I was trying mm -hmm. to stay there close to my parents. And the the dean said, look, if you get a thirty six, we'll let you in. I forget what the number was, but something like you know, I got a thirty five, and you're like, well, oh, didn't no. make it. How about now, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we've talked about this before in the pod that some some of we know peers who tried once or twice and then stopped trying. Um, so I, I'm glad that you 
I mean, tried three times. Otherwise, we wouldn't have online med yeah. ed at this point. Right? Absolutely. Well, so my mother had me trained at like two. So what am I going to be when I grow up? A doctor. When we're going to go to school at Yale. What kind of car am I going to drive? Mercedes. Right. So like I, I could not go to med school. And also, but like, you know, I, I realized that I did like, you know, I, I had this um, I've always worked really hard. Right. But like I had this expectation erroneously, of course, but because I went to Yale, I was going to have no trouble getting into medical school. So I didn't do the things you're supposed to do in college to get it. Yeah. And so I sort of paid penance. But also, like, I got some pretty cool skills, right? I, I just thought some crazy shit. So, like, when the nurse asked me as an intern to go put the line in, what she meant was, I'm going to put it in for you, and you're going to say that you did it. And I went and put the line in. She's like, what the fuck? It's <laughs> like, yeah, like, I was an EMT first, right? So I have I have all, like, these, like, natural skills of, like, dealing with stuff in the field and um, the procedural skills that really came in handy in residency. Yeah, that's great. That's something that we do not yeah. have. <laughs> Santana and I are lacking that skill right now. Uh, Actually, well, it's, it's not really—it's not like not a really important skill to have, except in residency, because that lets you like connect with the nurses. Like you can do this stuff instead of asking them to do something extra. You can like help them by doing it. So like it's a good way to form a connecting relationship with the, the two of them. Are you planning to put out any videos on how to do those things? <laughs> <laughs> uh, procedural stuff. Um, we actually, uh, I want to. Um, the, we, the guys, the podcast, uh, Behind the Knife, a bunch of surgeons. So I think we're going to work with them to try to actually do, like, not actual surgeries, right, but, like, the sure. stuff outside the person. So, like, um, placing central lines and, uh, you know, thoracentesis. That's exciting. Uh, yeah. If you well, need- that's not really hard, right? Like, I just made, like, if you visualize it once, so what I, what I would do with my residents would be, like, I am going to explain it, and you have to imagine you doing it. Hmm. And then I, I make them say, now walk through it envisioning what you're going to do and I might make the other hands go where they stand. Right. So like they have two repetitions. They get in the room. It's like, Oh, but, 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 done. Right. So it's like, um, that stuff's not really hard, that hard to learn. It's hard to actually do. And starting an IV mm-hmm. is way harder than putting a, a knife through someone's back. Right. Like doing a thoracentesis is just don't go too high and poke the lung. Right. <laughs> stay straight. And then once you hit the fluid, you're good. Putting it in the line, it's got to stay in there. Right. I used to actually do it on myself. I just didn't. I didn't used to do it at myself in residency. I get hung over. It's like start a line <laughs> and run, run a bag of Stanley. Pick you right up. Oh boy, don't want to be hung over. Never during did residency, that. Right? <laughs> never. Never would. Never would dream of it. Nope. <laughs> um, Santana, tell them about yesterday. Santana's a third year med student, so I tell them about yesterday. Oh, it was pretty interesting. Yesterday we so we're both in our emergency medicine rotation. So as part of it. We have a day where we go back to the cadaver lab and they have us practice uh, some like simple procedures on on donors. So we practice like intubating, uh, putting in chest tubes, IOs, um, needle decompressions. So that was like really the first time other than doing it on a mannequin like two days ago. That was the first time I had a chance to really try out any of those things. That's actually really amazing. Like like it's like it was four months fixed. Um, no, 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 no. They they said that they prepared them in a different way, like with saline, they said, and then just kept them cold. So our our donor was just very, very cold. Um, That's fucking awesome. Like that, that, that is really cool. I mean, obviously, not the dead person, right? Sorry, dude. But like, like to, to do it like on real tissue instead of stuff that's fake, that's like really cool. It was <laughs> Most su- people haven't had that experience ever, let alone, you know, like a cadaver fine. But like if they're, if they're basically just like alive, right? Right. Yeah. That's a, I mean, I, I don't, didn't realize that there were so many bodies that they could do that, right? Like, do you, are you the only two that get to do it? Or they can, <laughs> no, it was, it was everybody that's on the rotation with, uh, with us right now. 
um, got a chance. So there was like six or seven students that we all went in for a few hours and like got to got to try this stuff out and kind of be taught before we have to like try it in the emergency department on on our patients. Yeah, and, and I'll say we are one good thing about our curriculum is we do have a good um, cadaver like bequest program at the University of Minnesota. So that's probably one of the reasons why we got that experience. But other than that, our curriculum, garbage. <laughs> that's why we love you, Dustin Williams. Uh-huh. Yes, so yeah. one of the questions it's, I wanted to ask- In spite of medical school, not because of it. What are the, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Despite medical. <laughs> one of the, so was it was it the same for you? Like that's the, one of the questions oh, I want to yeah. ask you. Like when you were in third year med school, were you like, ah, like give me some other third party curriculum? Well, no. <laughs> so I was in post-Katrina New Orleans, right? Like some of the researchers lost like their life's work, like a cell line that was their entire research. Then the janitor oh unplugged the, the refrigerator, oh, right? So no. like, fuck the you, I'm out. And so like um, my first year, uh, we had histology and we didn't have enough histology professors to fill the labs. So, you know, the TAs were teaching full lab. Wow. So I had a really good teacher. And so I was part of um, the OWL Club, which is sort of like the um, Tulane organization for student excellence or something like that. It acts as a liaison between faculty and students. And so under that guise, I would hold like um, after class, after hours, histology sessions, me teaching my peers, right? Because they weren't getting any instruction. Um, Tulane was really good about uh, finding resources and using students to like make things better. I got a, um, a faculty award my third year for my work with Team EdWeb, which is like the content management system and, and calendar that they still use today. Mm. <clears throat> and um, I knew that it sucked. And I used like, you know, Kaplan videos from 2005, they're passed down, passed down. Like those sucked, but like it was better than nothing. Like, you know, I, I competed with my roommate for who would do the best on the biochemistry shelf. <laughs> he got a 99, I got a 98. So he won. Dang. But like, like I'm not like near perfect score. So I was working my ass off, right? Like I, like I really committed full, full tilt that I was going to like be really good in medicine. I was going to do a really good job. Third year, <clears throat> I had a lecturer about reproductive endocrinology. Dude was a really good teacher, had great cadence, used whiteboard, colorized stuff. Uh, then Yaz was the only thing out. This is before all the other stuff. And I walked into that saying, Yaz, that's the one that's on TV. I walked out. Yes, that's what's on TV. Two hours and I learned nothing. And I was like, they can't like that. <laughs> it has to be better. My mentors um, were both great uh, medical educators at Tulane. And so like I had been already like developing my skills and I really wanted to practice. So um, I decided then that I was going to try this thing. I didn't know it was going to be this, right? Um, I knew, knew something needed to be better. This, so, was, this was third I, uh, year med school when you started thinking, I'm going to start teaching. I'm going to start putting time into this yeah. kind of thing. Yep. Wow. Yep. So, so I like I um, I knew a guy who worked at the Superdome. He does it does audiovisual stuff. I asked him if I could borrow a camera, you know. And so I set up in my bedroom on the second floor. <laughs> and in fourth year, I started making videos. The famous studio, uh, the OG. Wow. That'll be in a museum one day. A recreation <laughs> of that bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Well, so like then and then like the, then I got um, I convinced Tulane to get um, a really nice camera. Uh, because I was going to film the physical diagnosis videos with Chad Miller, who was my, my mentor and was the clinic director then. Um, and then I, I, I stored the camera in my house. <laughs> and so um, each bedroom became the studio, right? So I just had to have the, you know, propped up on, on top of the, you know, the, the dresser and, you know, like held in place with concrete blocks and, you know, like the stretchy cables so that it wouldn't fall over. Um, when I became an attending and moved to Baton Rouge, I had a second floor I didn't use. And so 
one of the bedrooms up there became the studio. Uh, now, uh, well, the, between then and now, we had one in our old office, we had a um, uh, like a meeting room, a conference room that had a whiteboard on it. <laughs> that was the studio. I think I, now, recognize, I, think I would recognize that room. <laughs> white, white walls and padding. Oh. <laughs> Into slate on all walls. This room is 20 by 25. It's got 22 feet to ceiling. Everyone's got five feet of stuffing. This is all super insulation. This is not, not me going loony in a loony bin, but this is all for the, uh, the sound reduction. And Built so, the studio new office. And so that's three three sides are the, the sound uh, sounding, and then the one side has a whiteboard for when you're making videos now, basically? Correct. Wow. You've come so yeah. far, Dustin. Wow. I'm proud of or, or, I have. <laughs> I tell you, I used to use Ari lights, which are great, have great light. They're hot as fuck. And so I, I joke, the videos should go in 20 minutes because after 25 minutes, I'm, I'm sweating too much. <laughs> this room has its own dedicated air conditioning unit. And we got like really nice lights, the like Kino flows that, that generate very little heat. So like I can go for like an hour and a half in here. It's great. It's just like, like I have come so far. Like it used to be so painful to make videos. <laughs> and, um, now I'm also really good at it. And, the old ones. The first ones you can't find. It was a fire at Google. Cash. <laughs> I'm sure we could dig them. They up. were terrible, by the way. They were absolutely <laughs> terrible. We'll but track like, them down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like, they got me started. Like in the beginning, it was just free videos. Right. On YouTube. In the beginning, yeah. it was almost a necessity that you wanted to teach your peers because they didn't. You know, people had left because of Katrina, and now it's going to become a, a career. Yeah. Yep. What are we doing during third year Santana? We're not we're not doing any we're not starting any businesses. No. <laughs> Far from well, it. Then it wasn't either. I was like, you look, you know what? I, I want to teach. No one's gonna let me because I'm not faculty. And um everything sucks. There's nothing in the step two space. Like nothing in clinical sciences at all. There's a shit ton in basic sciences. Yeah. Yeah, and for so, sure. Like, why isn't there? This is the more important part. And so like as I would study, I would study, I'd you know, put it out and then I'd make a lecture at it, you know? <laughs> so as I was going through third year, I was like collecting notes. I had this little um, black bound book that where I would take, I would put my finished version of teaching myself, right? So like I would like sketch it out a bunch of times or I would learn something new and then I would put it in into that book uh, to follow me, carry it around with me until like third year of medicine, medicine citizenship, something like that. And so I try to get people to do that. People I remediate, uh, well, not anymore, people I remediated in, in residency, I would mm-hmm. put them through certain lessons of online med ed third year curriculum. And I would tell them I want to see that book, right? So it's like, do, do the notes, take some notes. Do the, watch the video, do, take some notes. Do the questions, take some notes. Take those notes, form, com, compile them into something. It could even be what I have on the board, I don't care. Right? But I want to see that you're starting to, think, starting to teach yourself. And when you teach yourself, you realize that there's gaps. There's a gap, you gotta fill it. <laughs> you can't just skip it. And so that's actually what's become so good about our basic sciences content is that in me doing it again, when there was incongruency or something didn't work or fit, I wouldn't let, I just wouldn't blow, blow over it. You know, no memorize and regurgitate. Like it's, you have to make up from here to here. It's like all got to be filled in. And so that's, um, it like escalated as an, as a student and as an educator. I'm I'm sad you're not still teaching residents because that was going to be like our follow up question. Where can we apply to have, <laughs> have you as our preceptor? And every time you want to teach us something, you just say, "Hey, watch this video." <laughs> well, so so really though, like uh, I you know um, I got tired of having the, the in, at month six the intern still having the same problem that I knew they would have in month one, but they didn't get to me until month six. Hmm. So the intern um, the intern boot camp is literally all the things that, that interns do that's wrong, right? And so it's like. I like I I got tired of people being like doing this doing the wrong thing so late. I was like everyone's got to watch these. 
and then like the, the entire residency doesn't make any of the mistakes. Right. Like, Good job. So that's what <laughs> turns we out. Do. The same the same mistakes are made every year by every new intern. Right. And then the medical knowledge component stuff. I don't know if you guys saw the crash course in medicine. Can't uh, wait for it. <laughs> oh no, I, I made it in response to COVID. Um, people, people were calling me up, like you know, I have a new guy who's a, a med psych. He's now in charge of a psychiatry residency, a dermatologist up at Harvard. They were all like, uh, "We have to, re- we have to redeploy. We don't know how. Oh, Our residents gosh, are being sure. taken back to the hospital." So I made the crash course in medicine. Then that, that, that's a series of videos that's entirely free. It's basically my practice patterns. Oh no, we didn't see that. No, we've been just. <laughs> We floundering working, working through the third year content. Oh, so, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, so, I mean, that's where you should be. <laughs> but the point is, like, I, I actually have made the videos so that when I want to teach them something, I, I want they should go through the video first right. and come get like the upgrade in person. Oh, sure. So we don't even need. So you're saying that you don't even need to have residents anymore that you teach because all this stuff is out there. Just sign up for online med ed and you'll <laughs> get you'll get the Dustin Williams download. Yeah, well, yeah, for internal medicine anyway, and it's not going to do anything for your boards, but it's like approaches to problems. How do you like go work through your differential diagnosis for this symptom? There's a bunch of those, and then there's like how you do you practice medicine? How do you what do you do do to treat? It's like this. Well, this is what I did, right? Like yeah. it's not hmm. evidence based or peer reviewed, but I was pretty good at being a doctor too. So <laughs> it's, I think that it was all pretty sound advice. So it sounds like you were a you're a great business owner, great doctor. Terrible undergrad, though. At Yale, you were you were floundering at best. <laughs> I, I had the potential. I just didn't execute on it. I, I'm also not a traditional student, so I'm, oh boy, I'm 36 years old, third year med student. But I, uh, my undergrad days, oh boy, I feel like you and I would have got along. <laughs> <laughs> Partying too much and ignoring pre-med stuff. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. That's correct. I mean, I also, you know, I, I was at Yale, so, you know. I'm not like hardcore you know, fraternity guy from state school. <laughs> if only, if only I could go back, I would have gone to a state school and been that hardcore fraternity guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm happy with where I am. <laughs> um. So, so now that you're doing online med ed like full time, do you have plans to, like, do you have like um, like a set goal that you're trying to reach, and then you might return to practice, or is or is this kind of what you're doing for the foreseeable future, building this out? Um, practice of medicine sucks, right? Like one of the reasons why I left was because I would Uh-oh. spend two hours on rounds of the residents and five hours in front of a computer. Yeah. Oh, yep. boy. I, so I really, I mean, I, I have plans to uh, facilitate um, the creation of a, a medical practice. I want to do something that's telemedicine based for chronic disease, hmm. but I, I won't run it. and I'm not going to practice medicine. I'm basically, I'm basically locked in. Um, I, I literally lived here. Uh, throughout last year, I would go home on Sunday nights at seven o'clock, and I'd be back in the office at Monday at seven a.m. And then I'd be just here working. Jesus. And so um, it, 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 that ta- it takes that much of my attention to make the things that we do. Like it's not just me, obviously, right? But like mm-hmm. I have to put that much time into it. The clinical refresh has gone slightly faster, but like requires my attention to do it, and I, I have to do it. I'm the final. I'm the final output. I'm the voice of online meta. I'm the face. Right. So um, we just took on some um, investor money, uh, double down on the quality of content that we've made in basic sciences and clinical sciences. Then to answer your question, where do I want to get to? What I've always wanted to be was um, pre-med to CME, but I don't want to do that that far apart. Dustin wants to fix med school. So basic sciences, clinical sciences, knowledge base. We've got CaseX and the intern boot camp to help uh-huh. transition. 
that's all like medical knowledge, except for bootcamp to life stuff. I'm, I also want to build POCUS and um, physical diagnosis, not just physical exams, but like how do you pick the test and what does the positive test mean in terms of likelihood ratios? So I want to take care of medical knowledge, clinical reasoning, a little bit of life skills, and that way everyone can have a sort of standardized, elevated instruction in those domains. So what I want to do, basic science, clinical science, is physical diagnosis, focus, and then I'll probably just like every year go to another one. Yep. Like refresh, oh, refresh. Sure. I love if you, if you need a face and a voice for the under pre med, Santana Sanchez has one of the best faces and voices around. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely going to find someone else, right? Like, that, <laughs> yeah, because I can't. Like, I yeah, mean, you can't do going back to the basic science is hard enough. I can't go back and like learn biochemistry. Again. Ooh, like, no, like, yeah, carbon. don't do that. You'll lose your mind. You'll start sleeping in the studio more, <laughs> <laughs> even more somehow. Yeah. Um, okay, so what uh, what advice do you have to? third years we're mostly third years listening to this podcast our mm-hmm. peers santana and i um yeah what what advice do you have for us that's one of the questions well i'm very far removed from medical school since i'm you know not around it anymore uh, i would have guessed uh, your age at, at young 30s from the online videos i mean i i wouldn't yeah, okay. i wouldn't believe anything else <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. no yeah for sure in the, in the videos you're watching now that were made eight years ago, sure. <laughs> the original videos <laughs> Um, so the one, like this is this, this is, should be for people who are um, starting, not people who are this far in. Um, but it's uh, you should start studying day one of whatever rotation you're on. You want to be done with the materials by the time you get to the test, rather than tra- catching up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, I don't know. Actually, it's, it's it's too far too far removed from third year. What advice? You study, do well in the test. Step two is your <laughs> you know the only thing that matters now. <laughs> I mean, um, that's, that's good enough advice. Start studying early. Always good yeah. ad- advice. And, um, and, and practically speaking, right, like you, you want to do really well in step two. So you want to set yourself up for success. Don't, don't believe that the number two pencil bullshit, right? Two weeks is probably not enough. Um, and you want to get some dedicated study time. That's so funny. Can. Wait, that's so funny you say that because Santana, oh, this, no. like, this was three hours ago. We're, we're roommates, Santana and I, and he looks over at me at the other couch and he goes, Hey, how much time do I need for step two study? I I got I don't know. He goes two weeks should be fine, right? <laughs> we just had this conversation oh, no. three hours ago. You're like, look, so two months, two weeks, number two pencil, step one, step two, step three. I used to do the old thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it depends, right? Like if um, this is actually this is, I can give specific advice on this, right? So if you've been doing online med ed and you've been doing all of pace the whole way through, mm-hmm. I do need two weeks. You just need to practice, right? You just need a you know like a U world and then just do it. If you haven't been doing everything or you haven't been successful throughout your rotations, you definitely want some dedicated time, like a month or two. Hmm. Usually you can't get that much time. But what you do instead is you do electives. Right? You, you pick like family medicine was six weeks at, in, at Tulane. And then I'd have two weeks of like radiology. And then I would take two two weeks off and then I'd take the test. Right, right. And so you hmm. want to give yourself the time if you don't already know it. If you already know everything, you're getting like 95s on all your shelves. Two weeks. Oh, well, we nah. better take more than two weeks, Santana. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> maybe, maybe a little bit more. <laughs> Why? Because it's not like, do you know the content? It's do you remember it? So you mm-hmm. really do need to re-engage the memory. And then you also need to practice, right? Because it's like it's what you do in clinic or in the hospital is not the right answer on right. the test. If you have to follow a formula that is, is appropriate, but like nobody actually does that. Or they order everything at the same time 
postponed, right? You're not going to wait for one test to go yeah. stick in the, the needle to join the bond again to wait for that test to go stick him in, in the arm again, right? Like you don't do that. So you have to you know, get used to playing the game. I, I, I think that's one of the nice things, though, is we have been doing online meta during the year. Yep. And so I can just watch these at 2.0 or, or 2.5 mm-hmm. like yeah. in two or three weeks, I think. I don't know, just because we've been kind of falling along with the online med ed course. Not well, to suck well, up to you too much. But I, did, I did that happen. I did, I, I did it like once, and then I did it twice with like 3X, and then the third time at 3X and yep. 4X. So I was like, I, like, I had it. Right? But yeah, you can do it with ours. Heck I think yeah. you only have two, though. Have you ever listened to yourself <laughs> at 2.0, vo- like your own voice at 2.0? Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> like, I, I cannot tolerate 1X. <laughs> Like I edit my own video. Like when I make a mistake, I know where I made it. So I'm like I go into Adobe Premiere, I, I watch it, and L means speed up. Like L L L. Oh, that's a great question. So when you, if you mess up like during the video, uh, my question is, how often does that happen, and how much of this do you have memorized? Like, how much of can you do just from the top of your head? Because it seems like you're doing it all from the top of your head, but that cannot be true. Well, that's what you know, that, that's the secret sauce there, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> so every 20 minute video takes me four hours. Okay. So what I'm doing, so I, I write, write the notes, write the questions, rewrite the notes, right? then, then I plan the lesson then rewrite the notes. Then I do the video, then I rewrite the notes because um, I, I'm, I figure things out, right? Like mm-hmm. um, I am good at content delivery, right? But I, I, and I, I find better ways to link things or connect things by doing rehearsals, right? So I can do it once on the main board in blue, once on the rehearsal board in color, and at least uh, once uh, in color on the main board. So I do it, like the first run takes me like an hour, right? And it's like 40 minutes, 30 minutes, 20 minutes. Oh. So like um, you feel it, right? It's like, Bradley, they're so good. How's he do that? I'm like practiced. <laughs> yep. So by the time you're recording the video, it's your fourth time through, and you kind of almost do have it memorized. It's so fresh right. at that point. Right. Exactly. And yeah. as as I go, I find better better ways to word things, better place to put them on the board, how to you know kind of transition between them. Right. And make and sometimes I even like when I walk into a wall, I'm like shit. That the gap I'm talking about, so I have to like go look it up, and then it might change everything, or it might just be the piece I was missing. So the um, yeah, rehearsals is the answer. Hmm. For everything, right? Practice makes perfect. For We should have guessed. Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Pr- pr- practice in something the wrong way makes you really bad at doing the thing. Perfect practice makes oh, perfect. Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> yes, I sound like in. such a noob over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, actually, that's one of the intern boot camp videos. <laughs> perfect practice. Um, okay, so we didn't give you a heads up, but we always... Uh, we always end our interviews yep. by asking our guests to give us um, a hot take. So this can be medical, medically related, or just about anything on the top of your mind. Uh, yeah, it can be about Netflix. It can be about owning a business. Whatever you want. It can be about Mercedes. Do you have one of those now? <laughs> Something I, I, I did until COVID. Then I, yeah, I got to give it back. But. <laughs> oh, no. COVID, you know, that's what I said. One of the worst things about COVID is all the Mercedes that got <laughs> returned, right? <laughs> No, no. So something controversial, something spicy, you know, to get people going. Yeah. Now that you're I'm not allowed to do that. <laughs> what? Aren't you self-employed now? Nobody can. You can't lose your job. I, I can't lose my job, but apparently the Internet sucks. Oh, that's true. It's that's, there's no doubt. It's better to be safe than sorry if you're trying to yes. uh, expand a business. <laughs> like, like literally, like I, I'm not supposed to be posting on social media. It makes sense. It makes sense. Well, I'll give you a spicy take that you can jump off or comment on um, <laughs> yeah, about that. one of the things that i'm trying to do during the third year is 
reach out to class presidents at other um, public universities and get data that shows how much third-party products that they're using because um, one of the reasons people turn to online med ed or, you know, sketchy medical or, oh, sorry, don't, I don't want to shout out one of your competitors. We'll bleep <laughs> that out. Garbage. <laughs> uh, one of the reasons people are turning to online med ed is because the school curriculum is taught by PhD professors who don't know how to teach or it's more disorganized. Like you can't refer to certain sections like you can do online med ed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is that something that you are like fully aware that your curriculum is better than the the monopoly school sponsored curriculum? And is that something that also drives you to keep expanding? So I used to say med school sucks, right? Students succeed in spite of medical school, not because of. Can't say that anymore either because we're trying to become an educational partner to universities. Oh, sure. Sure. Because yes. a, a lot of third party stuff is used by different schools. It's actually a pain in the ass because like we're like you already use something stupid. Right? Especially since I've I'm like I've made like a, a time machine, right? Basically made a Stargate when and with basic sciences here. And so it's like Pavoma and Sketchy, like they don't count. They don't even come close. And mm-hmm. we have to actually dislodge these poor third party services that the university is paying for because hey, it worked. Well, they didn't work. They came over here. <laughs> you bought them. <laughs> they didn't use. Like, there's, there are a lot of services are provided, but um, one of the reasons why people come is because the videos are free, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and our content is better. So, um, what we're trying to do now actually is get away from that two-hour lecture in OBGYN where no one learned anything. None mm-hmm. of us went into OBGYN, let alone reproductive endocrinology. And the um, the people in the basic sciences, most of them intend to do try to do well. Right or do good, but um, there mm-hmm. are people who can't teach but are made to, and there are people who want to teach but shouldn't. And so what we're trying to do now is actually um, have a, an asynchronous learning tool, our online curriculum with basic sciences, that leverages junior faculty, like residents and interns, or the, the new PhD guy who who wants to teach. And so we, we transform the lecturer into a discussant. You do all the learning on your own, then you show up knowing all the things you're supposed to know, and they blow your mind. And, um, one of the schools that I um, really, I, it's tough, I made a deadline. Um, so I didn't realize that the dean also taught neuroscience. And so I use the concept of basic sciences, nothing migrates, right? Every, in embryology, things get further apart because cells do proliferate between each other, right? Well, and there are no tracks, there's no highways, there's no cars. Well, <laughs> neurons, there's literally tracks and they do migrate. And so I, I sent the response. She's like, this is like totally bogus. You can't do this. Well, maybe you didn't see the next illustration, which is neural crest cell migration, right? So if everyone, imagine though, if everyone came to class knowing, knowing nothing migrates and you were like, everything migrates. <laughs> Your head explodes. Like, wow, that's a good idea. <laughs> You're welcome. So that's so the yes, goal. That, to, to that, have that's the, where we're going. The professors be know the online med ed, the students know the online med ed, and they show up and they talk about like some awesome things about it basically. Right. Well, that, not only that, but like whoever's like being the discussant to the teacher, the case or whatever, they get to do the, the specialty stuff because everybody already knows the like the foundation and mm-hmm. all the baseline. Mean, right. Yep. And it's like the med school is special by the people it has that can take something to the next level. <laughs> right. And it becomes more meaningful to show up and you actually get further instead of falling asleep. Right. I'm on board. I love it. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, so like that that's an obvious message, right? But it's not obvious to a lot of people. They're scared and taking away their job, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Like, 
Why is the focus your job and not the student's education? Preach it. <laughs> You're preaching to the choir right now. We're loving this. <laughs> this is good. This is hot content. You this, delivered. Yeah, definitely a hot take. Good. <laughs> I hope it doesn't come back to bite me. No, no, no. no. Don't, like I said, no one listens to this podcast. Don't, you have nothing to worry yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this is the best. Thank you for taking time out and doing this. Uh, you got you, you are why I do it. Because of the students. Not you specifically, but you know. The <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the general you. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks again. That was awesome. Um, and My I, pleasure. I wish you luck with the future of yeah. business. I mean. You too, guys. Your success is our success. No Bye, brother. Okay. <laughs> Take care. Wow. I'm honestly so starstruck right now. <laughs> I feel like I didn't say a single word during that. He's blown away. He's the best. You know, they say never meet your heroes, but that's probably because their heroes aren't Dustin Williams. (laughs) I'm more inspired by Dustin Williams. It's crazy. You guys are so much on the same page with this. uh, Oh, yeah. Crusade to bring down. I know. uh, The hegemony of (laughs) medical education. I wish I could like sit down and have lunch with him and be like, this is what I'm working on right now. Cause you know, med- medical curriculum is garbage. Where's the shot. His cold t- email. He brought the hot take though. Cause he thinks sketchy medical boards and boards and beyond. Yeah, Pathoma. He called out Pathoma as being bad. Wow. That is a hot take. We got to get somebody else on the pod. <laughs> this one out. <laughs> wow. That was amazing. That was uh, amazing. I don't even know what to say after that interview. Guys, this is the high point of the pod. <laughs> you know, what, you know what I say after that interview? Wow, <laughs> so, loud. so loud! My ears, an extra loud cheer. Okay, well, okay, I guess we can move on now. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Thank you to Dustin Williams. You know, Dustin Williams, friend of the pod. I'm so confused on what to do. I am parched. I need a refresh after that interview. No doubt. What I already, should I do? You know what to do. Oh, baby. Crack open a bubbly. All right, what's next on our podcast? So we kind of touched on this. I was going to talk about the use of um, of cadavers, of donors in medical education. So this came up a little bit in our interview with Dustin, Dr. Williams. Um, and so it's fresh in my mind because I just had this experience yesterday. And it's kind of an interesting, unique, kind of taboo subject Uh regarding medical school that non-medical people I think are often confused about and don't really understand. Sure, or haven't even heard about it. Yeah, they're like, what? That's so weird. Yep. Um, and you mentioned before that our school has a great bequest program. There's a, what is it, mortician school associated with the University of Minnesota? Yes, exactly. Um, and so they're the ones that kind of uh, prepare the donors um for the medical students and the other health students to learn anatomy. And then once you get more advanced, like we are practicing procedures. Right. And you can't, I mean, yeah, the anatomy or the bequest program is awesome. But like you were saying to Dustin Williams, you can't beat hands-on experience of placing or intubating somebody or doing a thoracostomy or that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't be, we wouldn't do it with, we wouldn't do it without cadavers, without donors. You couldn't. It's yeah. the only, it's Yeah. And it, and it is like such a, uh, like kind of a taboo. I don't know what the word is. Kind of 
uh, you're making like, a hand signal. I could see right how now. people would be uncomfortable with the idea of you know there's there's a person. This was a person who died, and now you're like cutting them open. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is what this person wanted to do. This is like an amazing gift that they're giving to I guess you know to us as learners to learn, and then you know to other people in the community that we're going to use this anatomical knowledge on to treat. Yeah. It's really, really cool. I've, I've talked about this before that the idea of it, like the general idea to the public that, Oh, I will donate my body to let medical students learn. Mm -hmm. It's okay. If my body is dissected because it is serving a higher purpose. Right. Yeah. But I don't think they go into the details of what happens, right? And, sure. and it's okay. We can talk about what happens in the in the anatomy lab. Mm-hmm. Halfway through the sem- our first semester of medical school, we literally cut open a person's skull, mm-hmm. right? And you're like slicing away at it, and it's very like uh, I don't know Neanderthal, right? Like cutting open somebody's skull. Yeah. And and I I I questioned whether donors would like if you gave them the details of what's going on with their body whether they would still want to do that right um i guess i don't know i don't know how much details they get i tried to i tried to do some quick research on the request program before and i what'd you find i I didn't find anything about uh that there's like a you like sign up to be a to be a donor and there's like some type of screening process um but i don't know i'm sure that they ant- i'm sure that if you ask they would answer like what exactly could could they do to my body i'm sure they but it's would. like a broad range because it's anybody from a first year medical student to uh paramedics practice on these right. um yeah they they can't say specifically what's going to happen with each donor body yeah and some are i believe that some people are also used for like medical research um but i would imagine that if you're i mean i'm a i'm an organ donor check it out on my license yeah 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 (laughs) also an organ donor pro organ donation at this apartment donate your organs guys come on because i don't you don't need your organs once you're deceased right no you don't need your body like once i'm dead i was just telling kevin this the other day do whatever you want (laughs) i go satana when you die should we cremate you and his answer was i think i said sure (laughs) i don't care i don't care i'll be dead (laughs) yeah uh kevin can have my switch i remember saying that um but i don't think that people would be dissuaded from donating their bodies to medical education if they knew if they know like the the gory details yeah it's going to be used for anatomy like they're you're gonna your body's gonna be opened up and yeah you know used as a model i think you're right and 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 while we're speaking about um, donors, right? The bequest program. Yes. One of the cool things is yes. during the first year, the first uh, semester medical students mm-hmm. put on um, basically a memorial service yeah. of the persons who had their bodies donated. Yeah. And this is a chance for their family and friends to come to the University of Minnesota and be part of this memorial service. And that's just another... Um, opportunity to like pay respects to your your the person who's died exactly to like honor them yeah um which is just cool right there right i mean it's very cool it's worth it for that yeah um and there's no way and it's also just such like a fundamental part of medical education is like seeing those anatomical structures right 
like the real thing, like the real esophagus. Um, I don't know. I think it's very cool. And I think people who haven't gone through, gone through it can potentially have like a misconception about it being like weird or, um, scary or icky. Right. It's none of those. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, I'm not, I wasn't super comfortable the the first day or most days, you know, this is a person, but it is, it is, it is very, very interesting. It is very important. And, um, it's an amazing opportunity to learn. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, I've been collecting this data, uh, from other schools. Yep. Um, and one of the schools has like their response is like, how did you learn biochemistry? Third party product. How did you learn genetics? Third party product. When they got to uh, anatomy, most of the respondents said, oh, they're, they're, they're school. Yeah. And that's because schools have these cadaver programs, these bequest programs. Yeah. Um, which kind of said like goes to the power of that, that program. Mm-hmm. Now I could argue we could make some changes on it. <laughs> so I mean, I bet Dustin would say the same thing. <laughs> uh, nothing's perfect. Everything, everything's got room for improvement. No doubt. No but doubt like about the it. opportunity to, to, like you said, see a, a, an esophagus, like a real yeah. esophagus, see these real body parts. It's hard to beat really. Absolutely. Yeah. What a great segment. Yeah. Anything else? Any other thoughts on it or, um, did you know that as far back as 200 BCE, Greek physicians were dissecting human remains in order to better understand the workings of the human body and to treat patients? I did not know that. Wow. 200 BC? BCE. BCE. Which is the same. <laughs> Thanks for the correction. Stop being so ignorant. So you're saying uh, the bequest program is has historical legacy. Yes. Wow. Thanks for that fun fact. A rich tradition. Any other fun facts that you came across during your research? Uh, fun fact. Over 35,000 bodies have been donated to our university since the year 1901. Oh, that's pretty badass, actually. 35,000? 35,000 people have decided, hey, I want to further medical education. That's incredible. Yeah. We can't get, uh, you know, uh, if we are organ donors, can we not do the anatomy bequest then? I think you have to choose okay. one or the other. Um, I so think. Are you going to stick with the organ donation through the state of Minnesota on the license? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Tough I do call. like to, I do like to flex about it <laughs> on the pod. <laughs> yeah, I'm an organ donor. Yep, uh, <laughs> one of the OG organ donors. No big deal. It's whatever. <laughs> Everybody does their part. <laughs> uh, uh, love it. Okay. Well, let's move on. Hey, here. thanks for that segment. It's a great segment. Yeah, that was... Um, not my idea. That was the idea of friend of the pod, Francesca Pietrantonio. Shout out. Shout out to the OG friend of the pod, Francesca the Pietrantonio. Top fan. P-I-E-T-R-A-N-T-I-N-I-O. Close. Dang it. <laughs> I didn't get it. <laughs> Better luck next week. Okay, let's move on to everybody's favorite segment, Kevin's Corner. Kevin's Corner. I was thinking long and hard. Remember last week, I gave a shout out to you for that, uh, your first that publication. So, so kind. So cool. And I was thinking, I like shouting out people, right? It's the best. It's the best. Giving props to other people. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, I also like shouting out myself. Everyone yeah, no, knows no. that. Organ donor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but here's one thing we haven't talked about for, okay. for the podcast. Oh, we have the headquarters, right? Yeah, HQ. HQ. It's our apartment because we're roommates. Yes. 
you want to tell the people the address? <laughs> uh, you know, hit, send us an email if you want the headquarters address. Yeah. KevinJGaleGmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to share it publicly yet. No. Can't be doxing ourselves. Um, but one of the reasons why I love the headquarters, mm-hmm. we have a nice three-bedroom apartment. Yep. And if it was just me living here, or me and you without our third roommate, Francesca Piantrantonio. Yes. There would be no live plants. There would be nothing in here, really. So Kevin's Corner is about how to elevate your apartment, get some GD live plants in the apartment. (laughs) Get them in there. One of the original arguments that Franny and I had was... Of many. They argue all the time. (laughs) Not many, but... She was like, we got to get some live plants. And I said, no, we don't want live plants. They're so overrated. <laughs> if I'm looking around the headquarters right now, I c- we... Bing, 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 We bing. got some vines. We got some... I mean, I don't even know what these cactus it's are. like a small tree. Mini plants. We got an orchid. Around the corner, we have about 31 plants. <laughs> yeah. And I make fun of it sometimes, but it is... It really honestly makes me feel like home, coming home yeah. to like uh, these beautiful live plants. Now we just got to get a cat up in here. No, 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 no. Meow, meow. <laughs> Crawling around. That will continue to be an argument. We'll see. But You're coming uh, around. You know, why is one of these, why is our apartment like so, so, so home? Like, why does it make me comfortable? Well, all the live plants. Plants are a big part. Yeah, I love them. Um, and on that note, all the beautiful artwork that's up. We wouldn't have that. The headquarters wouldn't have any artwork. None. If we didn't have the third roommate, the OG. <laughs> we would only have our research posters up that are just up as a bit. Okay, yeah. we're not proud of them. Remember when we were talking about Corey, Tori, and Rachel? They yep. like actually did something? Yeah. We have these fake research posters well. up. Um, and they would be up there without the friend of the pod, Francesca Pientrantonio. She puts up artwork. Mm-hmm. She puts up records. Mm-hmm. She puts up... With us. <laughs> That's a good one. There we go. Excellent. Um, I just wanted to shout out Francesca Pietrantonio, the OG friend of the pod, for making the headquarters so, so comfortable home living. Yeah, shout and it's, out. And it's made a difference. We've been stuck in our home because of the pandemic for like everyone else, like literally a year at this mm-hmm. point. But I like coming home. Yeah. Um, and I've lived in places before where I didn't necessarily enjoy coming home it was just a place to sleep after the piano bar um it wasn't well decorated there were no Mm -hmm. i've never had live plants really not once in my living situation so this is a huge move for you yeah huge upgrade um so maybe that's one of the reasons i'm going to follow you guys for residency (laughs) (laughs) anyways that's kevin's corner making (laughs) thank you franny wherever you are She's always in our hearts. And if you're listening to this podcast and you don't have live plants or you don't have nice artwork, time to upgrade. Yeah, get it together, guys. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Jeez. Tom Sorensen. Get some live plants in there. Tommy ain't got no live plants. <laughs> ain't living, is what we'd say. Jesus. <laughs> Popping bennies, no live plants. That's no way to Classic live. Classic Tommy. All right, so what's next? What's next on the podcast? What do we got next here? Oh, we're almost done. Next up is the mailbag. Oh, the mailbag? Hi, I'm Elwood Edwards. And 22 years ago, I recorded a very well-known catchphrase for AOL. Hey, Elwood, I just got an email. You've got mail. Oh, boy. We've got mail streaming in. It's flowing in. 
letters every day, emails every day. No DMs yet, because I forgot to mention the Twitter last oh, yeah, week. Yeah, we have a Twitter now, becoming a doc pod. That's it. That's, That's the it. handle. Yep. Slide into our DMs. Ask us whatever. We're open books. Open books. Kevin more so than me, I guess. <laughs> All right. So what um what's on the mailbag today? Uh let me pull this up here. Oh. We got a great question here. Pretty pretty standard. Um, what would you do if you weren't in medical school? Oh. Where, where, what would you be doing? Where would you be at? Well, I got two answers for this. If I wasn't in medical school right now, what would I be doing? Yeah. Answer number one would maybe after... Uh, my mom was diagnosed with terminal cancer. We've talked about it before. Yes. After that happened, maybe I would have gone back to the piano bar. Okay. Started drinking again. Mm. And I might be... Uh, continue to have alcohol use disorder and mm-hmm. be leaning into it i might be playing someplace like down on in the florida coast playing sweet caroline for the thousandth time uh-huh. and maybe i would have got another dwi and be in jail like maybe i would have a felony you oh know my like God. when i picture what i would be doing without med school it could gone on one one or two ways i could have continued to progress as a person or i could have continued to de-progress a person lean into the alcohol uh-huh. like lean into the drinking and driving and be in a tough spot Jesus. So I'm very, very thankful that I got to keep improving myself in med school. Not only just like my my mind, mm-hmm. but also, you know, continue to not drink alcohol and continue to make good life decisions. Yeah. The second answer. Okay. Remember, it took me four cycles to get into med school. Yes. After the third cycle, I was in a tough spot. I did <laughs> Was not sure it was going to work out for me. Okay, which makes sense, right? Yeah, that's a lot of that's a ton of work. But my dad and I sat down and we're like, let's give it one more try. Like, okay. why not? Because he actually helped pay for my fourth cycle. Oh, because I was out of funds. Because applying to med school is difficult. It's very expensive. And in between, I applied to Epic um, Systems. Is that what they're called? Epic Solutions. I don't know the the electronic health record um, company. Yeah, that is headquartered in Madison, Wisconsin. Yep. Um, Because I was living in Madison, Wisconsin at the time, and Mm. a ton of my uh, friends in Madison worked for Epic. Oh. And they're a good company, right? They own 50%, over 50% of the electronic health record, a share. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're doing good things. Yeah, for sure. Epic's the best one. And that seemed like, well, if I can't get into med school, like at least I can still be part of the medical community Mm -hmm. um, and work at Epic. So uh, the sincere answer is that I'd probably be working at Epic right now. Huh. Yeah. Learn how to code? <laughs> no, no, no. I would have gone on the the sales side or like the oh, teaching side. okay. Yeah. No plans to code anytime soon. Wow. So wow. that's my answer. That's a good answer. Yeah, good, good answer. A- Hang on. <laughs> good. Yeah, what, what? Wait for it. Good answer. I have no idea what they said there. <laughs> <sighs> um... How about you? What if you were in med school? What would you be doing? That's a good question. Because you, you uh, one of the lucky ones, applied first time, got in first time. Boom! Bless up. Thank you. Bless up. Thank you. One of the pros. Well, uh, thanks to the good Lord. <laughs> yep. He smiled upon me. He, yep. <laughs> or she. That's what we say. That's what we always say in this apartment. Uh, if it hadn't worked out, I know you would. I I know you would apply two or three times, probably yeah. a fourth time even. Maybe. Um, but if it hadn't worked out, where would you be in med school? Uh, I mean, where would you be instead of med school? I don't know. Tough question. Um, I feel like I'm similar to Dustin Williams. 
friend of the pod friend of the pod we can say it uh in that um i basically we talked about this a little bit before i've always thought that i wanted to be a doc i guess i didn't always want a mercedes benz but i might put that on the list um so i didn't i guess i didn't really have and i was you know pretty fresh out of undergrad so i didn't really have a very uh cohesive plan b i don't know i would probably still be trying to do some at that time I was excited about um, biology, biomedical research. Okay. Um, so I probably would be doing something in that field, working for NIH. Um, Sir, pivoted to some type of medical research. Yeah. That seems I mean, like a pretty natural transition if it hadn't worked out. I think so. I was decently good at it. Um, humble brag. Humble brag alert. Well, it's not that <laughs> hard. You just have to be patient. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. Calm. You're the most humble person I know. Everyone knows that. <laughs> uh, that's not an exciting answer. I don't know what I would be doing. It I doesn't have doing to be anything. an exciting answer, right? I mean, right. Um, there are people that it doesn't work out, and they have to find another career. Yeah. And you kind of would just pivot to what you're maybe uh, accustomed to or good at. Yeah. And for that was you. Like, you had been doing uh, medical research mm-hmm. or, or taking those classes undergrad. Yeah, for sure. My answer for you, as we all know, if it doesn't work out, oh. drop out and become a voice actor. I forgot. <laughs> Just talking. That's about the this. answer. Yeah. Whoops. Sorry. Drop your, the ball there. Your voice is beautiful. People would pay for you to say stuff. In a world. <laughs> That's all you get. The rest is behind a paywall. Yep. No doubt about it. I would pay you if it, you know, if for some reason it doesn't work out, I'm going to pay you. No doubt about it. I can't wait. That's my answer for you. That's a way better answer. No, I would not work for NIH. They do great work, but no way. No, I'm, but imagine trying to get into the voice acting. I'm taking my talents to (laughs) Hollywood? No, you can do it from right from your living room as a voice actor. Taking it to my couch. Give me this for the, for the fans. Give me a bubbly commercial. Voice actor, Santana. Dropped out of med school. I don't know what happened, but he's out. He's got to do a bubbly commercial. $100, bubbly calls you up, says, record something. Hit it. Uh, uh, in a world of unquenchable thirst, one beverage rises above the rest <laughs> like a hawk. <laughs> bubbly <laughs> amazing you really do have a good speaking voice that's amazing thank you people would pay it for you to do that that's your backup i can't wait for me not so much no one's gonna pay me to make bubbly commercials <laughs> uh <laughs> maybe dustin williams isn't gonna hire me to do the undergrad pre-med videos no he might. <laughs> nope no way <laughs> uh aren't you working on a grammy winning song that could be your uh, med school doesn't work out. You're right. That's that's the backpack burner. Plan C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the backpack. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's Grammy. a great question, though. Thank mm-hmm. you for the mailbag question. What would don't, you be doing? Don't thank me. Thank the fans. Thanks to the fans. So many of them. Who knows who sent that one in? Uh, Do we have me. any other, or is that is that the end of the mailbag? That's it. Oh well, let me end the mailbag <sighs> sen- oh, uh, segment. Hi. I'm Elwood Edwards, and 22 years ago, I recorded a very well-known catchphrase for AOL. Hey, Elwood, I just got an email. You've got mail. Shut up, Elwood. Is Elwood a famous person? Uh, or just famous from that? He's, uh, I, 
in my research when I got that segment. Um, mm-hmm. That's his career. He just did voices for AOL. For the re- he's still doing voices for AOL. AOL is still a company. Who would have known? He's still doing voices for. What does? What else do they need voices for? Oh, Slash, yeah. AOL. <laughs> Honestly, you could do better. Hit me up, Kevin J Gale at gmail dot com. AOL, t- you know, Elwood. He's on his last leg, but Santana. Prime. I'm young. <laughs> You've got mail. Wow. How's that, AOL? <laughs> There's way more where that came from. Ooh, good stuff. Okay, well, that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. Our best one, for sure. We are only getting better. It's amazing, really. It really is. Dustin Williams, what a legend. Honestly, what a guy. And God, I'm so... I'm rooting for Dustin Williams. Everything he said, I want to see happen. Yeah, no doubt. I agree. Take over medical education. Room for improvement, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) What a great episode. Okay, well, like we say every week, a a bird bird in the hand hand is is worth worth two in the bush. bush. See ya.